Hello and welcome to Plotris. This is Lane. This is Meg. And today we're, we're discussing The Man in the Mirror by Julie Beard. So this was published in 1999 and it is part of the anthology Charmed, which is a compendium of four Halloween-themed romance novellas. So we are kicking off Halloween a little bit early here on Plotris, but honestly, if you know us, you know we can't we are we love to do holidays so why not do it also we love novellas about holidays this is so true we get to squeeze a lot of festiveness yes out of some pretty fun bizarre concepts there's definitely a lot to be said for the varying quality of these novellas in particular but the novellas we've read in general but in some ways they do introduce things that like no one would ever write a whole book about. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So like it's it's a break from some of the norms. And speaking uh, of things no one should ever write a whole book about. That would be this one. The All jacket. Right. Julie Beard's Man in the Mirror takes a young woman struggling to find her way in a fast-paced world and propels her back in time to King Arthur's court into the arms of Tristan of Ilchester. There, a chance encounter with a wizard Merlin and tending to the wounded Tristan give Katie new direction and the knowledge to make her dreams come true. I'm going to be completely <laughs> honest. If you have to write a summary of this book, why not go with this one? It is inaccurate. She does not go to King Arthur's court. Other than that, are I mean, <laughs> would you change anything? I mean, I, I would not have written this book. I mean, yeah, Lane has <laughs> a lot of feelings about this novella, so we need to we need to get to them. Um, we generated the random number of nineteen for our summaries this week, so uh, Lane, take it away. Does a woman want to be a doctor who saves people or a damsel in distress? Merlin knows all. Here's mine. How can you tell when you've met the one? Only once you've had an affair with his distant ancestor. Yeah. So, tropes. I think the biggest one is hurt comfort. Oh, really? I was going to say time travel romance was the biggest one. Okay, fair. <laughs> but, I mean, they are both... They are both major, major parts of this romance. He almost dies like three times and he just keeps getting sicker and better exclusively for plot like convenience. It's true. It's like he gets he gets better, he gets worse, he gets better, he gets worse again. Yeah. So true. And it's um, completely unclear why. Yes. Oh. Like they basically make this wound sound like magic, even though she's supposed to be like a doctor. Yeah, she's a doctor. She finds a new miraculous cure. But it doesn't fucking work. It doesn't cure. Like, why bring, why yeah. bring the plants home? They didn't do anything. Except <laughs> for like, I'm serious. It's so true. Like, none of it worked. Um, so, like we said, time travel romance because she gets propelled back in time. Uh, but also there's some significant clothing. What is it? They're, the one wearing the dragon? Yes. And then she's she lives above an antique shop. 
And the owner of the antique shop is an older woman who has clearly taken like a maternal role in Katie's life. Yeah. Um, also, right. I, I would add to tropes, um, familial guilt over dropping out of med school. That, which I think ro- read is that in a romance novel trope. Three romance novels so far on the show. Oh yeah, I mean definitely this one. Hating oh, game. Hating game. And I think there was what? one other where she'd given up a career as a the, doctor. The chance. Or she's an FBI agent. Yes, because but... her father. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah, I can think – so this is at least the third. So I would like to throw that at this point. It's a trope. Yeah. But I do – I feel like it's not a romance novel trope. I feel like this is a, like, shorthand trope for a lot of different kinds of media. Sure. So – but anyway, uh, this novella, was it was it any good at all? Was there any part of it that you liked? Because Okay. So I think part of the reason I hated this so much is because – I love a good time travel romance, uh-huh. but they are so infrequently done well. They are so hard to find. It's so hard to find. Yep. And so I liked, I also love Celtic lore, King Arthur's court. Like if any part of this had been based in actual like knowledge of Arthur or olden yeah. times, I could have loved this. I don't know. It's but so weird. You seem to have so much in common with Katie because she also apparently loves everything about King Arthur's court. Okay, first of all, I didn't say I love everything. I'm just interested in it. I took a whole class just in Arthurian lore in college. Uh-huh. And I was one of the best classes I've ever taken. But so if this had been well-researched, mm-hmm. if this had really leaned into the historical side of historical romance and, like, given credence to Arthurian lore... I really could have liked this. Not only was the characterization stupid, not only was there no sex, but there was also like no actual attention paid to Arthurian lore. She no. literally just went, you know what's cool? Arthur times. And then Merlin was magic, right? <laughs> yeah. And Avalon was around there, right? It was near a lake. Yeah, like, they mentioned Excalibur in passing, but it's not like she read or was inspired by, like, L'Amour d'Arthur or Idols of the King or, you know, any I of the She was inspired actual... by Disney's The Sword in the Stone. I think that's generous. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. So, I, I think the biggest thing, though, I could go on about how... Tristan is clearly Tristan of Tristan and Isolde, and she got his backstory wrong. <laughs> in addition to adding another random love in history and then writing Isolde out of the text completely. Fine. But I think the worst part of this book is her weird relationship with med school. Mm-hmm. Totally. So she's finished med school. She's in her internship, which is her first year of residency. Yes. She has a kid die on the table, basically. And freaks out so much that she just completely drops out of school and gives it all up and then starts, quote, working in a lab. Yeah. And this is juxtaposed against the fact that her two last serious boyfriends have literally saved her life in some really massive way. Yeah. Like, it was just so heavy handed, but also badly done. 
Yep. Mm-hmm. And look, I think I'm a feminist who runs my shit, but I think it's pretty natural to want to date a hot guy who saves your life. Yeah, you know. Like, I don't think that says anything about you, like, needing to be saved. Yeah. I know. I don't know. The whole thing about med school, too, I I was like, it's not. By the time you're working as an intern in the emergency room, which is. You're a doctor. You're a doctor. You're not in med school anymore. You're not in school. Mm -hmm. There are some tests you, you might have to take. But they're and not, you've got to get through your training, but it's yeah, your training. Your training, but you're not in, like you are not in school. You're not in med school. You're you you are a doctor. You are a doctor. Not only that, but I know this is getting a little too far into like the weeds. Residency programs are competitive. You can't just pause and go back. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not how it works. It doesn't like, work that way graduating from med school and getting assigned to a residency is part of a process called the match. Yeah. yeah. It's nuts. Like, let's put it this way. My favorite match story, and this is a total digression from this, and I think I told this story to you, Meg. Uh-huh. They make you just write if you're part of, like, a couple of doctors, like you and a, a spouse are both doctors and both applying for matches at the same time. Yeah. When you get matched, you only get your results. Like, you right. only get the school you were matched to. But if you're part of a couple, they give you the school you would have been matched with on your own and the school you're matched with if you two want to stay together. And you literally have to pick between your career growth and your relationship. It's effed up. But the point is, it's very serious. It's very final. And if, like, you unsuccessfully match or if you drop out, like, it's hard to go back. Yeah. And None of that. This is all treated like dropping out and going back like a year later is totally fine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway. So, like, not only did she not research King Arthur, she didn't research med school. She didn't research med school either. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Okay. Um, but, well, you know what my favorite part of the book was? What? She, so, she goes back in time through a mirror because she peels an apple in front of the mirror. Because, and that's... um. What was it? Woden? Yeah, Wo- is Woden's something. It's Wo- the god Woden likes to play tricks only when Halloween falls on a Wednesday. Yeah, when so Halloween falls on a Wednesday. a single woman peels a mirror in front of an apple on Wednesdays that are also Halloween, she'll see the face of her true love. Which yeah. also... No. That's <laughs> so not what happens. So she peels this apple at midnight on Halloween. And no, before midnight, because the whole point is she's only going to be able to be back in time until it's midnight in the present. I guess, yeah. So she, she peels it. She goes back in time. And then she notices her watch. And she's like, oh, no, my watch, it, it stopped at 11.55. And, you know, she's back in time. And she meets this guy who's been injured. And she wants to heal yeah. him and blah, blah, blah. And, as and it's the guy, the injured guy is the guy whose face she saw in the mirror. Yeah, yeah, of course, the guy whose face she saw in the mirror. So she's going around, like, trying to heal him, and then she looks down at her watch, and she goes, oh, actually, it's moved 12 seconds. And <laughs> instead of thinking, dang, my watch probably got screwed up by going back through in time through a mirror, she thought, mm-hmm. time must be moving differently here. <laughs> I also find that hilarious. Like, not only because why in the world would that be your assumption, but also, like, how is that possible? Right. I know. 
Like, because time is clearly passing where she is. But it's not, yeah. So, like, she's a doctor, right? Like, she has to take someone's pulse. Like, is his pulse going to move with her second hand? Like, it doesn't matter. And, you know, the thing is, if she had been like, oh, my, my watch is broken, and then never thought about it again. And then at the end of the book, when she meets Merlin, he goes, check your watch. And she picked it up and she was like, oh, my God, it actually now is two seconds until midnight or whatever. And he's like, yes, actually, it's been counting down the time. I I would have been like, oh, okay, Right. It's like the fact that her watch wasn't working had been a recurring plot point of her keep trying to use it and realize it was broken. Yeah. You know, whatever. Then it turns out and she'd be like, oh, that's interesting. That's weird. But didn't really. She's probably like, oh, it's broken. And then Merlin was like, actually, it's been counting down or whatever like honestly it's pretty silly but even if it had been slightly better slightly better handled I would have been like okay you know I don't think I would have liked it but it wouldn't have made me laugh as much as this did no so when Katie gets sucked back in time Tristan has been injured by the Saxons yep and then He's got this like festering wound that she yep. sees and is immediately like, you're going to die and there's nothing I can do. Yeah, <laughs> like, she's like, ooh, you're going to die. That's her initial response to this wound on what appears to be his lower leg. For the record, as a doctor, even if you realize this wound is like all fucked, she never considers amputation. No, she never considers amputation. Just like, Oh, well, he's going to die. <laughs> and she, she's like, darn, I, I wish I lived back in a time. I wish that this, in, in this era, there were, you know, antibacterial scrubs and antibiotic pills that I could give you. But unfortunately, I'm just going to have to, you know, try to keep it clean. Which is fine. So then he has to, while like suffering in agony, has to convince her to treat him, even though she's, you know, a doctor. Yep. And this is a wound. Right? Like this is, you know, even if you don't even if you're like, oh no, I don't have antibiotics, this may fester. And then you can still clean it and like try to heal it. Exactly. You can drain it. I mean, how many stories have we read without even doctors where the women like chop off a bunch of dead skin with some sewing scissors? I mean, yeah, but we're not saying that those are like she immediately goes, this is hopeless and you're going to die. I'm going to kiss you goodbye now. Along the way, the wound, what, reopens or something? Unclear. It just gets worse again. It's worse again. They, they do consummate their love in a crofter cabin, something like that. Uh, but not before she finds out that sea serpents and the Loch Ness Monster are real, because don't worry, just gotta throw all the tropes in this thing. Um, so anyway, she she saves him by bleeding them away, but she Merlin tells her she can't stay back in the past, so she That Tristan is not her one. Yeah, Tristan's not the one. She's like, he is the one, and we had sex. I mean, she doesn't say that, but she thinks it in her head. And then she gets thrown back to the present. And then, of course, she meets 
Tristan, who looks exactly like Tristan, whose name is also Tristan. But he goes by Stan. Which is horrible name. I was just going to say, if your name was Tristan, would you go by Stan? No, uh-uh. no one named Tristan has ever gone by, gone by Stan in the history of time. Uh-uh. I mean, until the man in the mirror. And then, and then, in discussing his family history, she realizes she has tupped. Oh, yes, yes, she, yes. His great, 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 great grandfather. And that when his grandfather, great grandfather, eventually moved on and got married, they subsequently have a ton of women named after her in his family tree. Mm-hmm. It's true. And she somehow teleports the cloak back through time. She teleports the cloak back through time, but not the brooch. And but then he's wearing he, the brooch. That's right. And so that's how she knows he's the one. And the thing is, he's like immediately in love with her and pursuing her and wants to marry her because of course he does because immediate marriage is the theme of this novella. Um, And she's too busy grieving for the fact that uh, obviously the Tristan she left behind in medieval times was her one true love and also becoming a doctor again. Yep. That's right. I hated this. Was was it offensive in any way other than, you know, messing with Arthurian lore and being kind of boring? And also the fact that she doesn't actually have sex with the guy she ends up with? Yeah, I think I would go with, like, the portrayal of women overall. I mean, that's fair. He was a horrific, inconsistent, oh, no, I run every time it gets hard, even though I'm a trained doctor and I'm just going to let you die. (laughs) Human? Yeah. Is that, does that count? I mean, I, I'm not going to say it doesn't count. Okay. Then that. And then the other thing that's offensive about it is that it was not sexy. As in, there's no sex in this book. Like, guys, not even some light fondling and fade to black. There is no sex in this book. They share a bed at the crofter's cabin, and then it's implied that they have Taking their relationship to the next level. But that's it. When he hasn't showered in at all in the weeks they've been together and has a festering leg wound. The wound wasn't that bad. Oh, right. This time. is a random three-day period where it wasn't <laughs> festering in the middle. Right. It was during the random three-day period. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, of the four novellas in this book, this was the least interesting and the most frustrating there's just nothing here it's not researched it doesn't really make sense the characters aren't consistent and it's it's not halloweeny either that's the thing you know we part of the reason we got this part of the reason we bought this anthology is because we thought great there really are not that many Halloween romances out there, and we wanted to to do some Halloween novellas. This was really one of the very few uh, compendiums we could find that was focused on Halloween. Ton yeah. of Christmas ones. I mean, there are a ton of Christmas ones. <laughs> I'm trying to think of another holiday, but it's not like there are a ton of Thanksgiving <laughs> compendiums out there. Yeah, I, I don't think there are very many other holidays focused on, like, the togetherness. 
I'm sure there's like Valentine's Day ones. Oh yes, there are. I'm sorry, there are Valentine's Day ones. Like Easter, not really sexy. Mother's Day, Father's Day issues there, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah. It, uh, look. I don't even think there was a nugget of something to work with here. There were just too many ideas badly executed in one short story. Yeah. But honestly, if you can find me a sexy Arthurian tale, I'm in. Uh, you know what? That can be like our next. That's what we'll search for next. Yeah. So if anyone has any recommendations of like good King Arthur porn, I'm here for Let it. Let us know. Thank you so much for listening. We would love it if you would rate, review, and subscribe.